Boys, we are back. And actually, I'll correct myself. I'm back for tonight, going solo on the podcast. But we are back from the little sabbatical we took from recording podcasts, which I believe lasted about three months. And it was solely because we wanted to focus on writing some more articles and not just, you know, news update articles, which we did put a few of those out, but more like, you know, big picture articles, you know, did a March Madness preview, um, little Stanley Cup playoffs preview, little recap of the uh, Lightning Blue Jackets series. So, you know, you know what I'm talking about, but we're back on the podcast grind. Uh, now that some time has opened up for us to record these, uh, we're, we're going to start doing them again. So get excited. And we have a big one right here tonight. It is Monday, April 22nd, approximately 8.33 p.m. Eastern time. We are, I am, so I keep saying we, I'll refer to um, I'll refer to us as we, why not? We are coming at you from just outside of Boston, a little north of Boston, and uh, we, as you can guess from the title of this podcast, are going to be diving in to the two Game 7s that we have coming up tomorrow night in the first round of the NHL playoffs. I'm as excited as you are. Um, my regular co-host on this podcast Mr. Robbie Carpentier was talking to him earlier today. He said, quote, Game 7, the two best words in, in the sports world. And I couldn't agree more, so I have to shout him out for using that phrase. But that is exactly how I'm feeling right now. We are, we are blessed. Um, if you're a hockey fan, you are blessed with hopefully what will be two great games of hockey tomorrow night. And if you're a fan of either of the four teams that are playing, you are blessed in the sense that your team is still playing. But you are also cursed in the sense that you are going to have a heart attack sometime between now and early Wednesday morning. So bear that in mind. Let's jump right into it. We're going to start in the Eastern Conference with the Toronto Maple Leafs, number three seeded Toronto Maple Leafs, and the number two seeded Boston Bruins. And I want to first talk about how these two teams got here in this series. We Obviously, we know why they got into the playoffs. And forgive me if I take multiple sips of water during this podcast. I have been immensely thirsty throughout the day today it's odd but let's jump right into it so um for those of you who have been tuning into this series um if you are a fan of the drama in in hockey or in sports in general this is a series that you that you love to hate to love and i know that make that makes zero sense but let me explain for a second this is a series that has offered us very little um like talent talent games filled with talent or plays filled with talent and it's been more about the on ice antics and off ice antics and the the lesser of two evils i should say versus you know clean games of hockey and i'll elaborate on that because it's a little unclear but basically, I've been disappointed with this series in the sense that I don't think either team is playing well, or don't think that either team is playing their best hockey. And uh, let's just talk about the Bruins for a second. The Bruins were the NHL's hottest team in the month of March, and some can argue that the Calgary Flames, the Calgary Flames, were the NHL's hottest team in that uh, in that span of twenty or so games. But they're out of the playoffs now, and that, that's another podcast for another time. But let's face the facts. They were eliminated by the Colorado Avalanche, so I really don't think it's necessary to talk about them. The Boston Bruins were the hottest team in the month of March, not losing a single game in regulation. They went 
21 games, 18, 18 games without losing. I believe, I don't know that to be 100% accurate, but it was a lot of games where they just didn't lose and they were playing their best hockey. And we come down the stretch now, first round of the playoffs, and they've shown zero promise. And they have not been the team that, that we saw in the month of March. They, they've looked sloppy. They've come out flat. They have lacked physicality. Um, they're not shooting the puck, which um, if you don't know hockey, um, I'll give you a, a quick little overview. Um, to score a goal, you must shoot the puck into the net 98% of the time. 2% of the time, it accidentally goes in, like we saw in, in Game 2 of the series when William Nylander put the puck in his own net. Um, but 98% of the time, maybe 99% of the time, you must shoot the puck for it to go into the net. So if you And, and to win a game, you have to have more goals than the other team. So if, so if the Bruins want to win this series, and if the Bruins wanted to win this series earlier on, um, they needed to shoot the puck, which is something that they just weren't doing. And you have talents like David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Jake DeBrusque, um, David Krejci, the list goes on and on, and these guys just aren't producing. Jake DeBrusque, my favorite player, but you know, a little knock on him, he scored his first goal in Game Six of the series. And I know that you know it's tough to score in the playoffs, especially in, since these games have been so tight. And there's only been six games. Obviously, people go on you know cold streaks, but someone who, with the level of production that he put up in the regular season did not score in the first five and a half games of this series. So if you're a Bruins fan, that's a little concerning that your top guys are not producing. Um, But luckily for the Boston Bruins, neither have the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, other than Austin Matthews, who I'll admit has had a great second half to this series, they have not impressed me either. They have one of the league's best talents on their team, that came in the offseason in the form of John Tavares. And no offense to John Tavares, he looks terrible. He had a good first game against a team that did not show up in the first game. The Boston Bruins neglected to play competitive hockey um, two Thursdays ago, going to be two Thursdays ago now in game one. Um, he scored a goal, I think. I don't know. He hasn't done squat since then. He's losing his faceoffs, I think, 77% of the time to Patrice Bergeron. Um, he's not getting points with two talented players that he plays with in Mitch Marner and Zach Hyman, which I believe that's the line. Um, I know that Austin Matthews and Marner run with each other sometimes, but I did see that Tavares was out with with uh, Marner and Hyman. Um, so for the level of you know, just his capacity. I mean, everybody knows John Tavares was, you know, is still one of the greatest players in the NHL, one of the best, you know, league's top players. He's not producing when his team needs him. And um, and it's also going to, you know, bring up the question, is John Tavares the problem in every organization? Because the New York Islanders were pretty much a just okay team while he was there with, you know, him being the superstar, he leaves in the offseason. They make the playoffs. Not only do they make the playoffs, they swept the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is incredible to think that Pittsburgh has been one of the NHL's best dynasties. And they were swept in the first round by the New York Islanders, John Tavares-less. So 
the minute that he leaves that team, they go to the playoffs and sweep the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is incredible. So obviously, you have to ask that question, is John Tavares the issue? And from the looks of it, in this series, yeah. Um, they're winning games. They've won three games already. Both teams have. They, they've won twice in Boston. Um, is that right? Yeah, they won twice in Boston, once on, once uh, in their barn up at Scotiabank Arena. Um, but they really have not been impressive. And is he the problem? I think that I don't think that he's necessarily a negative or having a negative impact on this Toronto Maple Leafs team. I think it's fair to say that his lack of production might be a problem for them, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's his presence that is just bringing this team down because um, I'm a Bruins fan, but I'm just going to say this, and it pains me to say this, that if the Toronto Maple Leafs were playing their best hockey in this series so far and the Bruins have played like they've played, this series wouldn't be in game seven I don't think it would even be in game six because the Toronto Maple Leafs should have outplayed the Bruins the way they played in games one three four and five but they didn't they they didn't show up the Maple Leafs didn't show up the Bruins didn't show up and what's deceiving about this series is that these these teams are are outdoing each other in the sense are not outdoing each other that's the wrong word um they're competing for like, I don't even know how to put it, but it's like, but it's like they're 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 not playing their best hockey and they're playing flat. But it's the it's the battle of who can be less flat. If that if you if you know what I mean by that, it's it's all right. You know, game one, the Maple Leafs came out strong and didn't do anything for the rest of the series. Basically, the Bruins came out weak, came out strong in game two, and then just looked just okay. But it's deceiving in the sense that it's a competitive series, but you're not watching good hockey. You're watching you're watching like just and I use this already. You're watching just okay hockey, but it's competitive because both teams are playing just okay hockey. And it's the playoffs, so there's this there's this element of, you know, electricity in the air and, you know, this drama that adds to it and makes it, you know, an interesting series to watch. But if you're an analyst and you look at that, you're saying, well, this isn't great hockey that we're watching. What was great hockey, and I think is great hockey, and you could argue that, you know, and, and I'll get into this in a few minutes, that the Vegas Golden Knights and the Sharks series has been back and forth. And you could also argue that the Sharks looked just okay in a few games. I think that's pretty good hockey. I think we're seeing good hockey between the Hurricanes and the Capitals. Um... I don't think we saw good hockey from the Lightning, so I, I think the Columbus Blue Jackets played excellent, so I can't really say that was a good series. But the most competitive series so far has been this Bruins Leaf series, and it's not good hockey to watch, which is which is really interesting. So what tomorrow night brings, no one can really guess because everybody was predicting that this series was going to be like this, this insanely intense, low-scoring like clean just like best series of hockey you've ever seen and it, it it really hasn't been it hasn't lived up to the expectation but as a fan of one of the teams playoff hockey you take your wins no matter how you can get them so if the Bruins can come out then I don't mean this tomorrow night I just mean in any game and lay an egg 
but they win the game and it's the playoffs, I'm happy with that just because you're getting another win and you're one step closer to the Stanley Cup. That being said, hockey fans um, should be a little disappointed in the fact that these two teams didn't bring everything that they had to the table. And yeah, that hurts the league. That hurts marketing for the league. That hurts ratings, uh, even though everybody's tuning into the series. You know, it's not it's not the best that we could get, and I think people know that, but they're buying into the playoff hype. So, um, yeah, S- disappointment so far between these two teams. Uh, excuse me, but um, there, is, there will be a seventh game tomorrow night in TD Garden in Boston, and you've got 60 minutes of hockey left. One team's going home. One team's going on to play the, the Columbus Blue Jackets, which sounds crazy to say. So let's let let's dive a little bit deeper into into this series now that I've just gotten the the disappointment factor off my chest. So it's hard to predict game 7s and I did this last year not on a podcast obviously because we started this this year but you know through talking with people. I I've said this before it's hard to predict game 7s just because you never know what's going to happen and the improbable happens and I forget I forget who said it I think it was a regular season game it was that game where oh was it Matt Barnaby who missed the empty net for the Dallas Stars against the Edmonton Oilers and then like L.S. Hemsky goes down gets the game winning goal or something like that or game tying goal and then then they go on to win in overtime it was a playoff game wasn't it anyway one of the announcers was like in a in a league or in a building where where the impossible usually happens we've just seen the improbable that's what the that's what game sevens in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs are. Like anything can happen. And we've seen time and time again the most impossible stuff happen. And then, you know, to top that, the most improbable happens. And I'll give you a perfect example. 2013, this exact game, exact round, exact two teams. Everybody knows this game, the comeback game, the Toronto Maple Leafs go up. Four to one on the Bruins. I believe it was Matt Bartkowski scores the first goal for the Bruins in the first period, and then never showed up again. Toronto Maple Leafs. Joffrey Lupul. Um. Oh, Phil Kessel was still on that team. Who else? Like Tyler Bozak. They were all still on that team. That was the that was the old Maple Leafs team who everyone thought was good, and was good. But then they like shipped off all their players, and and now they they have like a this new young team. But like that was the new young team. But anyway. That's the impossible, is the Toronto Maple Leafs going up 4-1 on the Bruins in Game 7. The improbable was the Boston Bruins scoring four goals, four straight goals in a span of like 12 minutes to win the game and to advance to play against the uh, New York Rangers. Why did I space on that? Was it the Rangers? Yeah, it was the Rangers because we played the Penguins in the next series. I don't know why I spaced on that, but I did. Um, so that's, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, last year, I, it's a little hazy for me. I was at the game. I don't know why this is hazy. Um, I know the Bruins were like down two nothing in the first period. Uh, and then they just stormed in the second and third period went up like five to three, maybe six to three, seven, three, maybe even, um, I don't want to, oh, maybe I have this in front of me. Uh, yeah, don't know. But anyway. Uh, the Bruins are 2-0 against the Maple Leafs in Game 7s in the past. 
six years. They've met twice in the first round in Game 7s, and the Bruins have come away victorious in both. And people are saying that tomorrow night is going to prove different, and even the players are saying that, you know, we can't worry about the past. We You know, there's the ice isn't really tilted one way or the other. And I would 100% agree with that just because of the way this series has gone. It's so evenly matched on paper and off paper. And I gave you my off paper standpoint is that they're both not outplaying. They're both underplaying each other to to the point where it's competitive. And then on paper to the sense where they're just, they match up pound for pound as two pretty even teams, two pretty even goaltenders who in this series have like the exact same goals against the exact same save percentage and matching records at this point so on paper this these two teams are almost identical off paper during the series these two teams are almost identical um I do think you're gonna see some amazing hockey tomorrow night and I think that the Bruins are playing with this desperation almost and it's not a desperation because they played with the desperation in game six was you know win or go home in a lose 4-2 setting in game six and they dominated game six and that was that was to me the only full 60 minutes they've played this series I know that people can say they came out strong in game two but I think they let up a little bit in the second half of the game uh came out strong in game four but they definitely let up in the third period they played a full 60 minutes um was it last night yeah I can't even keep track of the days last night they played a full 60 minutes that was the best hockey that I've seen them play since that run they went on in March. And I know that wasn't that long ago, but it just seemed like so long ago because we've seen five games that were pretty disappointing for the Bruins. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, this is where I give the Bruins the advantage. You have not looked good at all this series. In fact, you, you've only won on the Bruins' downfalls. And I mean that every single mistake the Bruins have, stupid mistake the Bruins have made, you've capitalized on. Their power play was crap in the beginning of the series. So what'd you do? You went out and scored shorthanded goals. So, like, th- things like that, stupid turnovers you've been scoring on. Your goalie's been standing on his head because he doesn't have any pressure on him. And when he did face the pressure in Game 6, he crumbled. And what I mean by that is Frederick Anderson started making these ridiculous saves and just standing on his head when the Bruins needed goals the most. The end of Game 5, the end of Game 3, Frederick Anderson stood on his head, would not let the puck in because he didn't have a pressure on him. It wasn't like a do-or-die, we need to make it like like we're losing save. It wasn't a, okay, I need to make this save, and then you know my offense is going to go down the ice and score a goal. It was, all right, we have a one- or two-goal cushion, so I can afford to try and make you know, this ridiculous save and he would just do it. So he he didn't really have that pressure on him that he did in game six. The Bruins backed the the Toronto Maple Leafs up against the wall and just shoved it down their throats. And they just didn't let up for 60 minutes. Poured the pressure on. And you could see Frederick Anderson was feeling it. He He made flashy saves, but at the same time, it's like, all right, those were going wide. Some of those glove saves, they wouldn't have hit the net. And he did make an incredible save on Patrice Bergeron I'll give him that that was an unreal save that I don't know if you've seen it go look it up go watch it the glove save that Frederick Anderson made on uh, Patrice Bergeron right in front of the net that was good um, but he did not play well under pressure last night and I think that he's gonna feel that pressure tomorrow night um, I think Brad Marchand calling out the TD Garden ice is actually gonna help 
um, if you haven't heard of the quote, he said that something along the lines of like, you know, it is our home ice, but that ice has been terrible. We might as well play with tennis balls. Um, so I think that him saying that the garden ice crew, you know, people were fired. And I'm just kidding. Not people were fired today, but you could definitely, you know, whoever's heading the ice crew over there, leading the ice crew was like, all right, let's reel it in right now. They need the best ice to skate on tomorrow night. That ice is going to be fast tomorrow night. You're going to see a lot of icings. You are going to see some great goals from whoever scores them. You can just tell we're going to get some crisp goals. I can tell the ice is just going to be back to normal. Um, and I also think that it's going to be a lot. It Game 7 is going to equivalent to the six games that we've seen this series combined. So I think that you're going to see an incredible Game 7. Um and looping back to what I said earlier, it's hard to predict Game 7s because of all these factors I just laid out. Um, but I'll give you my prediction now. I'm going Bruins. Um, I can't really put a score on it. Uh, people want to be all dramatic and say overtime and say it's going to con- double overtime. I really don't see it going that way. I think we're going to see a team pull ahead midway through the third period, um, much like we've we saw in last year. Um, I can, I could easily see Toronto jumping out to an early lead and the Bruins kind of chipping away at that as the game goes on. Kind of just like last year, I could also see the Bruins jumping out to like a, a one, nothing lead early on in the first period. It's going to be some great hockey, uh, big suggestion. Please go tune into that because I think it's going to be, um, one of the more, um, hockey ish games that you've seen. Uh, and when I say that I'm thinking, Tampa Bay versus Boston 2011, um, Vancouver and Boston in 2011, that whole series, um, games like that. Those were, those were fun games to watch where it's just back and forth hockey. None of the BS, no Nazem Kadri throwing cheap shots. It's going to be physical game. Don't get me wrong. I think the bodies are going to be flying. If I'm the Bruins, I put David back is back in your lineup, by the way, because you need to come out like you did in game two, but play that way the whole game. You also need the offense though. Um, just a little line projection or my feedback. I loved, um, playing Carson Kuhlman in that game as the Boston Bruins. Uh, he was incredible in game six. Uh, the little things he did great puck control, had some good shots on net. He was looking, he was making things happen out there. I'd keep him in your lineup. Uh, personally, I wouldn't play Marcus Johansson. I don't think he's fully recovered from his injury yet. And I don't think he brings enough to the table. Um, I have no idea why he why the he, why he's on their power play, like they took Jake DeBrusque off the first power play unit, and replaced him with Marcus Johansson, who I'm sorry I think is a little bit of a dud. I don't see the perks of having Marcus. I, I see Marcus Johansson as a third line kind of guy, and you know he's playing up with the big boys and he's on the first power play unit, and yeah you know game six the power play was carried by Brad Marchand and um, Tori Krug, but I. I, I want DeBrusque back on that power play. His his net front presence is incredible. He's a big body. Um, maneuvers his stick very well. Is good in tight with the puck. And that's where the majority of his goals come from too. Is like scrapping in front of that net. So for your first power play unit, I'd take Johansson off. I would actually take Johansson out of the game. I'd, I'd leave him as a healthy scratch. Bring Backus back into the game. Um... So your first line, I would, I don't want Pasternak up on that first line because I like the balance and I also like the chemistry that that second line has. 
So for your first line, I would go Danton Heinen, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand. Second line, Jake DeBrusque, David Krejci, and uh, David Pasternak. Third line, Carson Kuhlman, Charlie Coyle, and David Backus. Fourth line, Noel Achari. Um, well, uh, yeah, no, Backus on the fourth line. Move Nordstrom up to that third line with Charlie Coyle and um, and Carson Kuhlman. Fourth line, Noel Achari, Sean Corrali, David Backus. And then keep the D pairings the same. Tuka starts in net, obviously. I think that's a winning lineup because I liked Kuhlman in the game. I liked Nordstrom in game four. I I liked Bacchus in the beginning of game one. I haven't liked Johansson throughout this entire series, so I would take him out, even though he's a third-line kind of guy, and I said that that's his role. I really just don't see him having any benefit to the game tomorrow night. I'd keep Kuhlman in there, and I'd put Bacchus in. Um, I don't care who the Maple Leafs play, to be honest with you. Um, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, great players to watch, but uh, I'm more of a Bruins guy. So, yeah, that's my prediction. Bruins by... I'll give them two. Bruins by two. I won't give you like a, a an exact score because it's kind of hard for me to uh, to predict. But uh, Bruins by two, definitely. Game seven. That's the prediction. All right, and now on to the Western Conference. We have two two unreal teams: uh, the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. A lot of people have both of these teams as cup contenders for this year. The Vegas Golden Knights obviously played in the Stanley Cup Finals last year. They were a first-year team, which is incredible, great for the league. Um, I said this at the end of last season. I didn't think they were going to be able to keep up their um, their stamina as a young organization in this league. Um, they proved me wrong. They're back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Obviously, um, hasn't been the easiest road for them as they're in a Game 7, but obviously which team doesn't have to go through a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, they're playing against a pretty promising team, though. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are a very talented team, have been for a while now, and uh, I've been saying this all season, and I said it in my NHL bracket. No one's seen my bracket and didn't join any public leagues. I just made it for fun. Uh, I have the San Jose Sharks going to the Stanley Cup Finals. I have them cruising, not cruising, that's uh, not cruising. Uh, I have them beating the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. Uh, in my bracket, and that's what's happening right now. A uh, little brief overview because I haven't been paying as much attention to this series as I have others just because, you know, East Coast kid uh, trying to catch up on some sleep, not trying to stay up until 1 a.m. just to watch the Golden Knights and the Sharks play. So I catch the highlights in the morning. But anyway, um, I have seen great things from both of these teams all season. Um, here's my... Here's my uh, Here's my little breakdown, my overview. Uh, Golden Knights had the Sharks against the ropes down 3-1, and they are now in Game 7 in San Jose, too, I might add. Um, I think they put themselves in a terrible position. They were in a great position. Could have closed San Jose out in San Jose for Game 5 or on home ice for Game 6. They did neither. Uh, lost in double overtime last night, which is the worst way to lose in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But uh, there's a Game 7 to be played, and it is tomorrow night. Uh, and I have got to um, I've got to give San Jose the win on this one. 
just because of you know the way this team is structured, the way they've been playing, um, the the weapons that they have. Uh, yeah, Vegas is a great team too. Great playoff goaltender in Mark Andre Fleury. Um, he's got incredible playoff experience. But um, if you look to the to the other end of the bench with the uh, San Jose Sharks, this is a team that for the past like four or five years has been you know knocking on the doorstep um, every single year in the postseason. At the beginning of the postseason, conference finals, wherever it may be. Uh, I think they've finally built their team where they they have all the components that they need and they just need to find a way to win. Um, I think if they can get past this series, it's going to be a pretty easy road for them to the um, to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I said the same thing. I didn't say this on the podcast. I said the same thing with the Bruins that if they can, that the Maple Leafs is going to be the toughest series they have to play now. Like I think you can beat Columbus. And you'll most likely be seeing Washington or um, or the Islanders in the conference finals if you were to get past Toronto and if you were to get past Columbus. And I think that's, you know, that's a winnable series. So I think that um, I'm saying the same thing for the Sharks. If you, this is the toughest series you're going to have to play in. And, you know, they've proved that. Backs against the walls, down 3-1. They came back and tied the series at three, three apiece. Going into Game Seven, um, I just don't see any way that they lose this one. Um, I'm not buying into the Cinderella story because I had the Sharks from the beginning. I don't know how they got down three-one. To be honest, I think it was going to be a pretty back-and-forth series. Um, I'm not buying into the Cinderella story where it's like, oh, they were down three-one. You know, Vegas blew a three-one lead. Um, I just think that San Jose is the better hockey team. I think that they haven't necessarily played their best hockey in this series, but I do know what they're capable of. I've seen what they're capable of throughout the entire how how met how many ever month season it is. Um, I'm giving San Jose the win on this one. Don't be shocked if this one goes to overtime because this is a very competitive series, very evenly matched. Two teams that are playing above their potential, I believe, in a sense. We saw that last night. I thought that was an excellent hockey game. If you haven't seen it and and, you know, if you're a parent of a hockey player or you're a young hockey player yourself and you want to see, you know, just a good, clean hockey game to go watch, I would go rewatch not even the highlights. That entire game from start to finish, I sat down and watched it Sunday night, Easter Sunday night, by the way. I uh, sat down and watched it from first puck drop to the last goal that Tomas Hurdle put in in double overtime. That was an excellent hockey game. Um, no sign of fatigue from either team. The, they were just rejuvenated after each period by the the intensity of the Vegas Golden Knights crowd and it's weird to say that for the Sharks but it, they just had a jump in them that maybe it's because they're playing down 3-1 which it probably is but it just was excellent hockey I would go back and rewatch that game but anyway um I'm giving it to the Sharks I've said that three times now so if you haven't heard me I'm giving this one to the Sharks but uh the way they've been playing hockey really impresses me. Uh, I think they're the favorites coming out of the West. Um, I think it's going to be another great Game 7. We're treated with two Game 7s tomorrow night, and uh, depending on which way the uh, the the, uh, the tides turn in the Washington-Carolina series in, in a game that's going on right now, uh, we could see a third Game 7, and um, those are the only three series that are in action right all the other way oh no 
Predators and um, Stars. Please forgive me, they're playing tonight as well. So we could theoretically see four Game 7s if it were to come to that, but we're just going to stick with the two for now. Those are the predictions. Bruins over the Maple Leafs tomorrow night. I'm giving them the win by two goals. And Sharks in Vegas, Golden Knights. I've got the Sharks over the Golden Knights tomorrow night in San Jose as well, taking the Sharks in overtime, so giving them the win by one goal. So uh, that's it for this podcast. Thank you, boys, for tuning in. And uh, as we continue through the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, etc., there will definitely be more podcasts to come.